Welcome to the Opening the Door podcast series that uses storytelling to help trainees and mentors understand the impact of bias and discrimination in the training environment and how to mitigate it. I'm your host, Krista Hoffman-Longton. Today I have with me, Dr. Tabitha Hardy. Tabitha, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. We're so happy to have you. So Tabitha, tell me a little bit more about your work at IUPUI and about your training background. Sure. So uh, currently my title is I'm the interim assistant vice chancellor for graduate education and the assistant dean for student development and academic affairs with our graduate office at IUPUI. Uh, And that really means that I do all things grad school. So from recruitment to retention to programming and just figuring out creative ways to support our graduate students, that kind of falls under what I do. I understand that you have some training in the sciences. Can you talk a little bit more about that work? Absolutely. So I am trained as a microbiologist and immunologist, specifically a cancer biologist. And my research in cancer biology started off with looking a little bit more at breast cancer and DNA repair. And then I moved into thinking about cancer as a uh, disparity and looking at different health disparity groups, but also in, in really considering how cancers affect minoritized populations. And I was specifically looking at breast cancer. And what you may or may not know is that while breast cancer affects more white women, it has a a higher death associated with black women that get the disease. Why is that? Why is that a factor? But I think it goes along with so many diseases that we hear about that minoritized populations are a higher death rate. And it's terrible. And that was where my research lies. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that as we think about kind of the goal of our podcast here in terms of mentoring, that for you, you have, as a, as a person from a minoritized population, that you have experienced some moments in your career that have gotten you thinking about these issues. Can you talk about a moment where you've experienced either a bias or a microaggression or just something concerning to you that might be worth sharing with our listeners? I'll share with you one particular instance that happened in my graduate training, and it came from my principal investigator at that time, and I have the utmost respect for him, but he came to me, and we were talking, and he said to me that I was too social for science, and I really took it to heart because I am uh, more of an extroverted scientist, and I think that particularly, I was very like different from him, who was a white male introverted scientist, which may be what people envision or have envisioned in the past when they think about scientists. But I wasn't that. I was not that at all. For me to hear him say later in my work as a fourth or fifth year graduate student, that he felt like I was too social for science. It really had an effect on me. And I think in part that it came from the fact that in addition to the science and in in addition to the research, I did have other interests and I was involved on campus. I was the president of our underrepresented and professional graduate student organization at that time. I did work with people in the graduate office at that time to help them recruit minority students. So I did have those aspects of myself that wanted to help my community, that wanted to show people how to navigate these spaces. And for that, I was kind of labeled as being scattered because I wasn't completely all about 24-7, the research. 
So can you talk a little bit, you alluded to it there, can you talk a little bit more about how a comment like that may have caused you to question your career trajectory? Yeah, so it definitely caused me to question whether or not I belong in that space. And I think that that's probably something I questioned before anyway, because as I looked around and as I went to conferences, I was seeing very few Black people in the space. I think that him saying that almost affirmed it, that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be here. And that was really tragic thing for me to kind of think about and saying that, you know, I worked this hard and worked to get to this point. But maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe there is a better fit for me someplace else. And I think that he perhaps thought that he was really saying something that was, you know, inspired. (laughs) But for me, it was really something that has still resonated with me to this day. And that's been at least 10 or 11 years since that incident. So I think that even some things that are said with the best intentions sometimes shouldn't be said. Sometimes it it can go unsaid and it's okay to uh, to keep those thoughts to yourself or to to say them in a way that's just not so, I don't know, it just felt really harsh. It, It felt really harsh to say that, gosh, you're too extroverted, you're doing too much to really be a scientist and to be successful at it. So you bring a good point there that potentially your advisor, your your mentor was kind of coming from this perspective of trying to support your career, but in reality, it created an environment of doubt, it sounds like for you. When that happened, did you have other mentors that you could go to and talk to? How did you kind of manage the emotions and then also kind of the decision-making process around a comment like this? When that happened, I really internalized it quite a bit. And I just kind of kept it to my, myself and my own thoughts. I may have mentioned it to a few people since that time, because it's definitely something that I share with my students just to let them know that no one really has that power to say what you see yourself as. So I did try to, to share that story with folks to let them know that what someone says about you is not true about you. If that's not your path, if that is not where you feel your calling lies, you can certainly do beyond that. Don't let someone else's narrative be what you perceive yourself to be. I think that that's powerful to think about the idea that you have control over your own narrative, regardless of what individuals around you might say, right? So you can't control what other people say, but you can certainly control your reaction to it. And I think that there's a piece of that. I also wonder about other mentors around you and how they could have potentially been helpful to you in that space, in that time. Again, they may have not have known But if you were to go back, what do you wish that another mentor may have said or done to be more affirming to you? Yeah, I wish that that there were more talks about you're doing a great job here. And I really, you know, think that I could see you being successful in this venture. I could see you doing this. I could see you doing well here. And I even think that I got some of that from my committee members. So that was really positive that they were very on board with whatever tracks I decided to take. So I think that there were positives in in that aspect. But I would really have loved to have gotten something from that principal investigator that said that, you know, even though you're not my typical idea of a scientist, I think you'll do well here. 
And I think this is something that you can do, that you have done, that you've done some great research. You may want to think about other areas you can explore, but this is fantastic. So I think to feel more affirmed uh, in that space would have been great. So you've talked about this a little bit. What do you wish that you knew then that you know now? Or another way of saying that is, and you mentioned this a little earlier, what advice do you have for, you know, young scholars, women scholars, scholars of color who are coming up who may experience these challenges? One piece of advice I would have is to really think about your own career trajectory. Like think about what your goal is. Think about what you want to do with this degree and think about early how you uh, and who you can put on your team to get you to the point where you want to be. And if that is a principal investigator that is supportive, that is mindful of what challenges you may have, or that's just somebody that you can talk to about what you're dealing with, what you're going through, do that. The other thing I will say too is don't expect your research investigator to be like all of those things. Get yourself a team, have your principal investigator, but that doesn't mean that that is the person that you go to with all of your problems and all your issues. Have somebody else that you can go to that you can have the shoulder to cry on. And then maybe have somebody else that gives you the swift kick, right? And says, nope, you're going to do this. And this is why, and you can do this. Stop playing, get to work. So (laughs) having all of those people as a part of your team, identifying those folks early, letting them help you through the process and understanding that this is not a journey that you take by yourself. I don't care who has done it and what they say about it. They didn't get to where they are by themselves. They had some help. So identifying those folks who can help you along the way early is really key. One of the things that you mentioned there that I think is an aspect of thinking about your mentoring team is that all of us bring our whole selves to our work. We are not just our race identity, not just our gender identity. You know, we have all of the identities we bring to the table. Do you think that the combination of your identities shaped this experience at all? And if so, how? Absolutely. I am a Black female. I am a first-generation student. I'm the only one in my family that has a college degree, period, let alone a PhD. So I think every bit of that had some type of effect on me. I think even with the research that I chose to conduct dealing with cancer research, my interest in breast cancer came because I was 22 and I found a lump in my breast. I didn't know what to do with that information other than to try and and research it and to seek out help for it. And so I think all of those aspects of ourselves, all of those intersectionalities really play a role in who we are and how it influences daily life, but also influences the research and the work, the things that we're passionate about, things that we speak out about, the things that we care about are really a part of that as well. And it sounds like also how you choose your mentoring team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, gosh, I'll tell you this, that that was not my first mentoring team. That was not even my first principal investigator. So I started in a lab and in my fourth year, 
I ended up changing labs because I, I was in a situation where I w wasn't getting a lot of support from that mentor. And they had their own issues and issues with funding. And I felt unsupported. And I definitely felt like if I had stayed in that lab, I likely would not have completed my degree. Even understanding that when you're on the Titanic and the ship is going down and you need to get off, <laughs> that, is, that is really something to consider and to think about as well. And I think sometimes as, as females, I will say, we tend to want to hope and, and feel like, oh, this is going to work itself out. Oh, I can deal with this. Oh, no, don't do it. If there, there are other people who are throwing you a lifeline, take that lifeline, understand that you can change directions, you can shift, you can be flexible and do what you need to do in order to attain your goal. Well, Tabitha Hardy, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing your story. And I hope that this will help our mentors and our mentees in the future as we're thinking about these issues. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Opening the Door is a podcast series that uses storytelling to help trainees and mentors understand the impact of bias and discrimination in the training environment and how to mitigate it. I'm your host, Krista Hoffman-Longton. Thank you for being with us today.